going to share um, just the part of the word with us tonight. I'm going to ask the band not to stop. You um, are allowed to sit. Christina, so Peter. Um, you are welcome to take your seat. And, and I want you to prepare your heart so um, the way we intentionally focus on the nations is not just to sing songs about the nations. It's not just so that we get to get testimonies from the nations, but it's so that we can respond to God's call for the nations. So, and at the end of tonight, there will be an opportunity for you financially give towards the nations um, and and I have great confidence that we can boldly call believers to partner with the nations because all of our resources are from God we are stewards of what God has entrusted to us now if you are part of every nation you'll know that we do not take up tithes and offerings as part of a Sunday service it's not because we don't believe in it um, we believe that we are discipled into faithful stewardship of what God has entrusted to us. So no one has to remind me to be faithful with what God has given me. My faithfulness and my stewardship is directed towards God. Um, but then when we speak about the nations, we can boldly call you to partner with the nations. Um, and if you're visiting us tonight and this is maybe not your home church, then you uh, do not need to necessarily pay too much attention to that. But what you do need to pay attention to is the voice of the Lord. And then be obedient to what God is calling you. But the, the big theme that I felt in my heart for tonight was basically this, that you and I are, are longing to live lives of purpose. Now, those of you who know me know that I'm really passionate about evangelism and passionate about seeing people encounter Jesus and also eliminating barriers what makes it difficult for someone to believe in Christ and I'm passionate about um, identifying and removing those barriers so that people can come to know Christ as Savior Christ as Lord over their lives and a book that I read called Lost and Found by Ed Stenzer he was speaking about how do we reach the unchurched so those who have never been to church and the de-churched those who were in church maybe grew up in church but they got hurt by the church or religion examples by Christians and they moved away from Christianity specifically between the ages of 18 to 35 and one of the big um, things that came out of the, their research was that people do not want to hold on to a gospel that does not have the ability to affect change in the world they live in I'm in for that I'm not okay with a gospel that cannot change the world we live in that has no effect in the world we're living in that doesn't change some of our political issues, that doesn't address, address the poverty that we find in our nation and in the nations, that doesn't address human trafficking, that doesn't address inequalities. I'm all for a gospel that actually changes the world, as Jesus did not only just speak a message of the kingdom, but he brought about the works of the kingdom to bring manifestations of what heaven should look like. And none of you, I'm pretty sure, would raise your hand if I said, whom of you at the end of your life would want to come to a place where you say, I'd love to live a life of no purpose. I'd love to look back at my life and say, I've accomplished nothing. And I've made no significant impact in the lives of those I've done life with or the world that I've lived in. 
Nothing is better because I was here. Any takers? I've lived a wasted life. Doesn't sound that attractive. And what I want to quickly share is throughout Scripture, there's a timeline of purpose that God has put out. And if you will position your purpose within the purpose of God, you will not get to the end of your life saying, I've lived a wasted life. So right in the beginning of time, we see God's intention for the nations. Genesis 1, God said, let us make man in our image. Then He made man. He said, now be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Let the image of God in which you have been created be multiplied over all of creation. Then obviously man, sin entered into the world and men fell away from God. But then God brought them back. So we read about the story and the great flood that covered the earth and God rescued Noah and the family of Noah. And then God re-emphasizes this call. Noah, you will multiply and you will fill the earth. The image of God will multiply over the earth. We see God raise up Abraham and God gives a promise to Abraham and he says that you will have children. When they were very old, Sarah got, got pregnant and they bore Isaac. God said to them, you will have children and I'm going to change your name from Abraham to Abraham. You will be a father of nations. God sets up a covenant with Abraham. He says, Abraham, this is not just for you. I am going to bless you. I'm going to bless your um, your family. I'm going to bless your children and their children's children. But through you, the nations of the earth will be blessed. We see God uphold this call to reach the nations. And then in the book of Revelation, chapter 7. Oh, we see a glorious picture, friends. Revelation 7, verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. A multitude of people from every nation. Now, we are every nation, so we are in heaven. Joking. When we think about nations, we think about countries. The word nations in the Bible represents ethnic groups. Now, there's a little bit dispute of how many ethnic groups um, there are average about 17,000 and to date is on average about 7,000 still unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ till all the nations the ethnic groups have heard Christ will not return but God gives us his intention in Genesis 1 he gives us the conclusion in Revelation that every single tribe language nation and tongue will be represented before their father and they will worship the lamb they will worship Christ. And we get to be part of that. Right in the middle of that storyline, we see God's ultimate faithfulness to His mission. Send His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. See, friends, God has a purpose. God has a mission. There is something that God has already destined in His heart that will come to fruition. The nations will be before the throne. Every language, tribe, nation, and tongue. 
every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. In the book of Joshua, there's this incredible story where they're on the, in the battlefield with Jericho. And then this angel appears in the battlefield and Joshua asks this angel, are you for us or against us? Quite an important question if you've seen an angel. And the angel gives him this answer. I'm going to quickly read it for you. So when Joshua was by Jericho, he, this is Joshua 5, verse 13 and 14. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries, our enemies? This is what he said. He said, No, neither. But I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does the Lord say, servant? You see, friends, the question is not so much, is God for you or against you? God is for His purposes. God is for His mission. There is something that God has already destined in His heart. The nations will be represented before the throne. They will worship the King of Kings. The question is, are we with God? Are we for Him? Because God is faithful to His mission. And then you and I, we get to position ourselves within this mission of God. And guess what? Not only do you position yourself in line with God's purposes, you position yourself within His faithfulness. God will be faithful to that which He has called you for. This is the promise of Scripture. Someone read it earlier that we are of Abraham's seed covenant that God set with Abraham was sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ where it has now become a better covenant but in this covenant you have this promise that God is with you we have this promise that God will provide for you that you will lack no good thing and the same promise that God gave to Abraham Abraham I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to the nations you will have an abundance not just for yourself so that you can live a life of generosity, of blessing, so that the nations will benefit. Friends, that's the call for us as a church. That we get to live lives that count into eternity. That you get to position yourself in Christ. That great commission, Matthew 28, all authority has been given unto me, Jesus said. Therefore, go. Look to my left, your right, there at the back. Therefore, Go and visit that board afterwards. Those are our missionaries and church planters that are in the nations. Our REACH partnership program makes that possible. That we can send people into the nations. That we can support and serve our missionaries and our church planters who are in the nations. But that's the call for every Christian. Therefore, go. Where? We go to our neighbor. We go to our schools. We go to our campuses. We go to our neighborhoods. We go to that lost friend that you have, that family member. We go everywhere, but unto the ends of the earth. And this is the promise that Jesus gives in Matthew 28. And know that I am with you. The very end of the age. I want to give you a very simple resting place for the word tonight. You guys should know this. Mark 1, verse 17. 
Jesus said to them, Come, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. That's the resting place of our faith. Where every single day you get to respond to the invitation of our Savior King who says, Come, follow me. Come, follow me. Every moment of temptation, follow me. Every moment of weakness, every moment of self-doubt, every moment of fear, come, follow me. Every challenge where God calls us to lay something down so that we can take hold of something new, come, follow me. Every broken relationship, every area where we are quick to take offense, every time where the enemy wants to plant seeds of lies into our minds and those insecurities wants to grow, come, follow me, Jesus said. I will make you become something new. I will make you become something new. I will make you become fishers of men. I will take your life. I will make it count for all eternity. That's the invitation. Initially when you get born again, but then every single day of your life. Is it scary? Absolutely. When we were praying before the service, shared with the, the people that there's something that God has stirred in my heart that I remember, in, I remember maybe 2013, 2012 we did a Kairos course specifically about the, the nations and this passage of scripture this Isaiah 42 that wants to remove itself from my Bible so this is a scripture about Christ but now we are in Christ and guess what, the mission of Christ becomes our mission And I wrote on top of Isaiah 42, this is my mandate. (laughs) In the same way that Christ was poured out for the nations, God is calling me to live a life that is poured out for the sake of the nations. And I remember vividly drawing this picture of a a cup being poured out over the nations. And, And my life was this outpouring. And sometimes that's scary. It's scary to think that whatever God tells you, you have to obey. Because sometimes what He tells me is not that nice. But then I'm reminded by the the words Jesus had with His disciples where He shared with them something. And the people who were following Him said, sure, that is a very difficult saying. That which you are saying now, Jesus, is quite difficult. You know that Jesus says that we should forgive those who wrong us? that we should be able to pick up our cross, count the cost to follow Jesus. We need to be willing to sell everything we have to come after Him. All of those sayings of Jesus that are not always that nice. And then they say to Jesus, Jesus, these sayings are difficult. They're hard. And then many of them left Jesus. Many of them stopped following Jesus. And then Jesus turned to His disciples and says, And you, don't you also want to leave me? And then they said, Lord, where shall we go? You are the one who has the words that pertain to life. That's the conundrum we find ourselves in. That only in Christ is there life. And guess what? When we follow Jesus, we are following Him into the nations because that's where He is. That end picture happens because Jesus is in the nations. God is working something in the nations. We get to follow Him. Where else will we go? It's only here as the words that pertain to Now, Before we continue, I want us to close our eyes.
I want you to ask Jesus the question. It's twofold. Jesus, am I following you? You need to ask yourself a question. Are you willing to follow Jesus wherever he goes? While your eyes are closed, if you're here tonight, that first question, are you following Jesus? There's not a resounding yes in your heart. There's not a confidence in your heart that you can say, I'm following Christ. I want to. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray. If you're here tonight, you want to commit your life to follow Christ. I want to pray with you. pray this together you can just repeat after me Lord Jesus tonight I give you my life I'm holding nothing back Lord giving you everything everything that I've kept to myself everything that I've tried to be in control of giving it over to you tonight choose to receive you as my Lord my Savior I want to follow you the rest of my life let me sing that chorus just again ask you if, if there's a place where you know you're challenged say Lord I want to follow you you're born again you're a Christian you know if you die tonight you will go to heaven but you know that there's areas of your life where you're scared to say Lord I'm scared that if I'm all in I'm afraid that you're going to take me to places where I don't want to go I'm afraid that you won't provide maybe you've had experiences of missionaries where there was a lot of poverty and there's fear that is causing you just to be hesitant to say, Jesus, I'm all in. Tonight, you want to just surrender that and give it over to God. I want you to, re- to respond by declaring it in song. We're going to sing that chorus again. You're welcome to sit. You're welcome to stand.
Lord Jesus, that is our heart's desire, that you would burn like a fire inside of us, Lord, for the sake of the world, Lord, not for the world's sake, but for your name's sake. Lord, we join our faith with Revelation 7. We see this great multitude of people standing before the throne of, the, of God, worshiping from every tribe, language, nation, and tongue, dressed in white robes, dressed in the righteousness of Christ. Join our faith, Lord, with what you see. 